a lot of moving parts today, but very happy about, about it all. So, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Beatitudes, which are the essence of today's gospel, are confusing at first. They proclaim people to be blessed or happy whose condition is neither blessed or happy. The Beatitudes only make sense when we learn how to see how the condition, which seems unfortunate, leads to a condition of blessing, leads people to receive the good things that God has. And this connection is made in our lessons. In the epistle, Jesus shows us, or or St. John in his vision shows us the state of those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, who've suffered for the kingdom. Quote, we are told, he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither shall they thirst, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Thus, the poor in spirit, those who mourn, and the meek are blessed, because their condition of poverty turns them towards God. In their need, they pray to God for forgiveness, for salvation, for his will in their lives, and God answers their prayers. This stands in contrast with the spiritually proud who don't think they need God and with those who do not mourn because they have no sadness in this world. They are not blessed because their circumstance, which seems to be fortunate, keeps them separate from God and leaves them spiritually empty. As Jesus said in the parallel Beatitudes in St. Luke's Gospel, quote, Woe to you who are full, for you shall hunger. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Jesus is here also not promising only future blessings. For Jesus said in Matthew's Gospel, in the context of the teachings or just before the Beatitudes, the kingdom of God is at hand. Though the fullness of our reward in Christ will be experienced in the resurrection on the last day. We enter the kingdom of God right now through our faith in Jesus Christ. The Beatitudes aim at this current separation between life in this world and the kingdom of God. Our condition of sin is precisely that we can be full of created pleasures and things while also remaining alienated and separated from God. This is why it is actually a good thing from time to time to become dissatisfied with life in this world. When dissatisfaction leads us to turn from sin and place our faith in Jesus Christ, we begin to live in the kingdom of God right now, and we begin to experience right now the blessings that come to us through the kingdom.
Our life in the body in this world is brought into God's kingdom, and God's kingdom comes into the world through the presence of Christ in our lives. The image of the redeemed in our epistle lesson for Revelation is not primarily an image of the future. It is an image of our relationship with God in Christ right now. Genesis describes how humanity was exiled from God's presence in the garden on account of sin. Revelation describes how the redeemed are reconciled with God through the blood of the Lamb and the forgiveness of our sins. The scene in Revelation is primarily an image of worship. As we gather to worship God in Christ, we become part of the multitude which no one can number. We have been redeemed from all nations, and we now have access to God in prayer. This status is most fully expressed when we gather for the Eucharist. In fact, St. John has his vision on the Lord's Day, the day when the church gathers for the Eucharist. And what he is describing throughout Revelation is the experience of the church in worship. But this is also our constant relationship to God and Christ, to the Spirit. As we live the life of prayer, as we pray without ceasing, we receive heavenly treasure and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And we receive the bread of life that satisfies us always. Though we live in union with the Father, through the Son, in the Holy Spirit, though, as Ephesians says, we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places, we tend to take our eyes off of Jesus and become preoccupied with temporal and physical concerns. Thus, it is a good and blessed thing when our circumstances remind us of our spiritual poverty. When we experience loss or disappointment or disillusionment, when we go through sickness and trial, when we face the unavoidable fact of our mortality, we are detached from the merely physical and temporal and led back to Christ. Thus, our trial and our need becomes a source of blessing. When we face our trials, we tend to pray for physical relief and temporal goals. And it is okay to do these things. We live in bodies in the world, and we have real needs that God is concerned about. However, as we grow in spiritual maturity, we will learn to focus more on what God is doing in and through the challenges we face in the world. What is God doing in and through our current trial? How is our current experience of spiritual poverty leading us into 
a renewed and greater experience of God's kingdom? How is our current experience of mourning leading us into a greater experience of God's consolation and comfort? The overarching purpose of our trials is to detach us from the world, to purify our hearts, and to cultivate in us a greater desire for God's kingdom and God's righteousness. Today is All Saints Day. A saint is a holy one. We are holy because God has given us the gift of the Spirit in baptism. We become holy as God works in us through our trials to make us holy. We call certain Christians saints because they are notable examples of holiness. All Saints Day celebrates in particular the unknown saints, those who do not have a day on the calendar, those who may not even be identified. The distinction between saints and ordinary Christians is ultimately a false distinction. The saints are ahead of us, but we are called to be holy, as God is holy and as they are holy. We are called to be saints, and we should want to be one too. Holiness is produced through trial rather than through prosperity and success. As the epistle says, quote, these are those who come out of the great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Each of us is a part of this great multitude in Revelation. This is both our current status and also our future destiny. Let us, therefore, live as those who are called to be saints. Let us learn to turn to God in our poverty and in our mourning. Let us learn to persevere in our tribulations. Let us wash our robes and make them white in the blood of the Lamb. For then we will indeed be blessed. God will dwell with us and guide us and fill us with himself and wipe every tear from our eyes. We will live in God's kingdom now as we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.